Content warning. If you are listening to this production in a car, please note that our story also takes place in a car and includes sounds of honking, traffic, and tires screeching. Our story also includes some language and themes that may not be appropriate for children. Hello everyone, this is Andrew Pond, Artistic Director of Eclectic Full Contact Theater. Welcome to Season 3 of the Half Hour Audio Hour. Every month we'll be featuring a different playwright, allowing you to not only hear their work, but to find out a little more about them and their process. If you enjoy what you hear, please remember to like, follow, and subscribe to our podcast. And feel free to leave a review. You can help us out in continuing this work by heading over to redcircle.com shows slash half dash hour dash audio dash hour, where for as little as $5 a month or $50 a year, you can get access to exclusive behind-the-scenes interviews with the casts and directors of our shows, as well as become our partner in highlighting the voices and stories of women, BIPOC, and LGBTQ artists, just like donors Jack Kilpatrick and Marianne Goodell. This month's production is Things Needing Explanation, written by Julia Fisher, directed by Holly Lynn, and starring Leslie Jones, Evelyn Smith, Jocelyn Smith, Lydia Lewis, and Christopher Morgan. Before we start, we'd like to briefly introduce you to Julia Fisher. After the production, stay tuned for an interview with Julia for more insight into the play and this process. Julia Fisher, she, her, is a playwright, intimacy director, actor, and director, and her work has been seen in professional theaters throughout Northeast Ohio and beyond. Julia has had original works commissioned, developed, and produced by Rubber City Theater, Ohio Shakespeare Festival, Playwrights Local, Radio on the Lake Theater, First Take Company, Borderlight Fringe Festival, the Twin Shore Public Library, and now Eclectic Full Contact Theater. She is a playwright in residence at Radio on the Lake Theater, and she is in her sixth year of membership with Cleveland's Young Playwrights Collective. Julia is a teaching artist and curriculum developer with intimacy directors and coordinators, where she is in the final stages of certification, and she is the resident intimacy director at Rubber City Theater. She is a recipient of the Ohio Arts Council Individual Excellence Award, the Border Light Fringe Festival Producers' Choice Award, and the Near West Theater Emerging Artist Award. She is a proud member of the Dramatists Guild of America. And now, things needing explanation. Okay, okay. Finally, there's a backup on I-90 stretching to Dead Man's Curve. Tonight's traffic report has been brought to you by Chicken and Waffles, Cleveland's hottest new addition to the Flats, a restaurant featuring over 40 variations on, you guessed it, chicken and waffles. Ooh, Grandma Jay, we should try that. Oh. The time is now 6 o'clock p.m. You're listening to your number one destination for songs and stories from your past, FM 92.1 WJCB Cleveland. In just a moment, we will return with the 1948 real-life mystery, A Little Too Lake, featuring John Ellert of the Evansville, Indiana Press. Yes, made it in time for Old People Radio Hour. 
<laughs> what who you're calling old? I say it with the deepest admiration and respect. I love old people. Old people are so much better than teenagers. <laughs> are we? You are. We return now with a chilling tale of murder, wrongful sentencing, and a fresh new lead after seven years- Hey! I- I want to talk to you. But Old People Mystery Radio Hour is our tradition. How dare you interfere with our tradition? We can turn it back on soon. I have an idea. Is it better than old-timey murder? Maybe. Huh. I think it might be time to resurrect things needing explanation. Oh my god, I forgot about that game. Georgia? Sorry. Gosh. Man, it's been years since we played that. How did that even start? It was something with Agatha Christie, right? Yes, I had just given you my copy of Murder on the Orient, Orient Express. Orient Express, yes, I remember. And in the middle of the book, Inspector Poirot was stumped, so he made this list and titled it Things Needing Explanation, and wrote down everything he didn't understand about the case. And you wanted to be just like him. The queer female version, anyway. So you asked us to create fake crime scenes for you to solve. And I'd write things needing explanation on the top of a sheet of paper and write down all my notes. I still have some of those sheets in my memory box. Huh. There must be like hundreds. I think I made you play with me every single time I came over. Why did you let me bully you into doing that? Mom, Dad, and Hattie gave up on me after like one game. Oh, I loved doing those with you. Plus, I felt responsible for getting you into mysteries in the first place. Did my parents ever get mad that you introduced me to murder mysteries when I was so young? It was pretty clear early on that you were going to do and read whatever you wanted, no matter what they said. Fair enough. I think my favorite was still when you pretended to steal my necklace. Ah, yes. Took that plot from Nancy Drew. You copied from books? I had to. I read just about every mystery on the shelves of the library, just trying to keep up with you. What about the one with the syringe and the air bubble? Ah, that one was Blanche White. I loved Blanche White. No wonder so many of those books felt oddly familiar. You were hard to stump. You were quite a clever little girl. And now I'm... Stop fishing. Why'd you bring that up? I was thinking we could play it again. If you're going to be applying to criminology programs soon, you have to sharpen up your detective skills. Are you saying they're not already? They can always be sharper. But we're driving. I'll make it up out loud. Okay, if you really want to. So, you're the detective. You are notified that an ambulance responded to a 911 call and a young boy was DOA, which means... Dead on arrival. I taught you that. I was going to say, which means you need to investigate the scene before the body can be taken away. When you ring the doorbell, a man opens the door. He's sobbing. The body of a young boy, his nephew, is lying on the floor. 
he tells you through tears his nephew is allergic to shellfish and he hadn't realized that Caesar salad dressing contains anchovies. Which aren't technically shellfish, but most people with shellfish allergies are allergic to anchovies too. Checks out. How old is this kid? Six. My first question is how did he get a six-year-old to eat salad? He told you he wouldn't let the kid eat ice cream until he ate his whole dinner. Okay, is the medical examiner here? She comes in right behind you. After examining the body, she says that the boy experienced laryngospasm. The throat closed closed up from the allergic reaction. Right, so he would have died really quickly. EpiPen? The uncle used it, but it didn't save him. Huh. Does that happen often? Yeah, sometimes. Could be incorrect dosage, incorrect usage, expired. Is anyone else at the house? No, just uncle and nephew. This is the uncle's house? Yes. Why was the kid there? Uncle was babysitting. The kid's mom and dad were going to see a show. What show? Mousetrap. Why? Just seeing how fast you can make shit up. Georgia? Stuff. Make stuff up. Sorry, I'm going. So, what's your verdict? Well, it seems like a straightforward case, but since we're playing things needing explanation, it's obviously not. Unless you're trying to trick me. Are you trying to trick me? I don't think you're trying to trick me. I order an autopsy with special attention paid to the contents of the stomach. Autopsy comes back. Cause of death was indeed a laryngospasm brought on by an allergic reaction consistent with the child's recording reactions to shellfish. Any other allergies? Not documented. He went through pretty rigorous testing when they discovered the shellfish allergy. Okay. Stomach contents? Unidentifiable. Even under a microscope? Correct. Oh, that's interesting. How much of the salad did the kid eat before he had a reaction? At least a few bites. Or so the uncle says. Plants and vegetables don't break down as easily in the stomach, so remnants of lettuce should have still been identifiable under a microscope, or even visually, since he died right after eating, and little kids don't usually chew that well. So no trace of lettuce? No trace of lettuce. Huh. Is that only true for plants and vegetables, that they'd be identifiable in an autopsy? Yeah, anything with a cell wall. Don't you remember helping me study for that biology test? Someone has a good memory. For biology, at least. Okay, so now I'm super suspicious of this uncle. How long was the kid with him? An hour or two. Where was he before? The boys' home. Call from Neely, a.k.a. my favorite daughter. Pink heart emoji. Pink heart emoji. Pink heart emoji. I can't believe you never changed that back, or that you let my mother alone with your phone in the first place. Hey, hon. Hi, Ma. Hi, Mom. How was day one of the conference? Uh, it's still going. We just took a five and I wanted to check in. 
Is Georgia with you? Yep, just picked her up a few minutes ago. She's got her headphones in. No, I don't. Can she hear us? I don't think so. Her music's up pretty loud. Good. How's she seem? Um, she seems fine. A, l- a little quiet, maybe? Why? Oh, she and Hattie got into a fight. They were supposed to have a movie night tonight, just the two of them, while Lewis and I were out of town. Georgia was really excited about it, I think, but Hattie got invited to some party and decided to go to that instead. Aww. Poor Georgia wasn't invited to the party, which I think made it worse. They don't even have the same friends anymore. It, it breaks my heart. They're twins, hunt, not clones. I know, I know. But I can't stand it when they aren't speaking to each other. I'm sure it'll pass soon. Yeah, you're right. Ugh. Thanks again for taking her for the weekend last minute like this. I'm sure it'll cheer her up. She loves hanging out with you. The feeling is mutual. Well, give Georgia our love. We'll see you both when we get back Sunday night. Though you might hear from Lewis before then. (laughs) The man's watched eight hours of Fixer Upper already. I warned him that I wouldn't have time to hang out with him, what with all the hobnobbing with the future neurologists of America, but yet he still insisted he wanted to come. (laughs) He's very welcome to call whenever he gets bored. Thanks. Just be prepared to talk about crown molding when he does. (laughs) If he wants to come install some for me, he can talk all he wants. (laughs) I'll see you soon, Mom. (laughs) Enjoy the schmoozing. I'll try. Poor Georgia, my ass. Georgia? Sorry, but I don't need pity for my own mom. I'm fine. It's not a big deal. Are you... You sure you're okay? Yeah, we fight all the time. It's nothing. Why'd you tell my mom I had my headphones in? Oh, I I knew she'd want to grill you about what you learned in school today and all that. I figured I'd spare you. Very considerate, Grams. Back to the case, Madam Detective. Right. What was the verdict on the time of death? Within the hour that you showed up, more or less... Interesting. Do they usually get more specific than that? I don't think so. All the indicators are so variable, I don't think they could tell by the minute. Who's that? How should I know? I'm being a good attentive granddaughter and not looking at my phone. Sorry, I'll turn the sound off. Wait, where'd I put my phone? Oh, here it is. I'll grab it. It's a red light. Ooh, who's Kate? No one. These messages don't look like they're from no one. Is she a new girlfriend? They are my friend. Remember I told you about them from mock trial? Oh, right. I remember you thought they were very cute. Why do I ever tell you anything? Do we need to respond to Kate? Green light, Grams. Sorry, sorry. Okay, so you said the kid was at his own house earlier, right? 
Right. The uncle picked him up there and then drove the boy back to his place. I want to go to the kid's house. Look around. Okay. Um, it's a small house, so it doesn't take you long to look around. Kitchen is spotless. Fridge is full of food. The kid's mom is a caterer and had been preparing trays for an event the next day. Kid's room has toys everywhere. Dolls, train tracks, stuffed animals, little bookshelf full of books. Nothing seems to be out of the ordinary or out of place. Do any of the catering orders have fish in them? There are a few trays of fish sticks. Well, there we go. Wow, that's some great parenting right there. She was a caterer. It was her job. Her job was to keep her kid alive. Was the fish breaded? Yes. Why? If the kid thought they were, I don't know, chicken nuggets or something, he might have eaten one when no one was paying attention and died here in his home. Or if this was a murder, someone could have told him it was a chicken nugget. How'd you guess there'd be fish in the fridge? We know it was a food allergy because of the laryngospasm, but it doesn't seem to be the salad, so I'm looking for any other sources of shellfish. And what if it hadn't been a salad? What if the uncle would have said that it was something else, something not a vegetable? Would you still have suspected this? I don't know. That's not the game, Grams. Sorry, you're right. Keep going. I'm going the speed limit! Give an old woman a break! Did you just whip that person off? I did no such thing. Yes, you did. You flipped him off. Georgia. This is the greatest day of my life. <gasps> you okay? Yes. Yes, I'm fine. How many fish sticks are there? Uh, what? Fish sticks in the fridge? Oh, um, I don't know. A lot? Are these homemade or frozen from a box? Homemade. She's a caterer, remember? Why is a caterer making breaded fish sticks? It's a kid's birthday party. But... A rich kid's birthday party. Okay, that makes sense. Can we look at her catering receipt? Sure. Under fish sticks, does it have a specific number? It says a hundred. How many fish sticks are in the fridge? Ninety-nine. Aha! Uh -huh. So the kid did eat one! Or the mom dropped one, or didn't make the right number. Yeah, right. She's a caterer. They're like, all about precision. I hadn't thought about counting how many there were. That's clever. That's good. Now we just need to know. Did the kid sneak one on his own, or was this a murder? I want to question that uncle. Did he have any motive for getting rid of the kid? Not that you can find. You question him for hours and find nothing besides that he really, really loved his nephew. He's racked with guilt. What about the parents? No motive for them either. Any other family members? Not that live in the area. If they really have no motive, 
And I'm convinced of that. Am I convinced of that? Yes. Okay. Then the kitten must have snuck one on accident and died. With the laryngospasm, it'd be pretty immediate. How far away is the uncle's house? Twenty, thirty minutes? I can't imagine a kid just, like, holding on to a singular fish stick for that long. So it had to have happened at the kid's house. But why not call the police from there? Why take him back to the uncle's house? That's a good question. Oh, shit. Georgia? Shit! The mom! The kid must have died at his house while the uncle was, like, in the bathroom or something, and then he used the EpiPen, but it was too late. And the uncle realized that if he called the police right away, the mom would find out that he died because she had fish in the fridge and she would blame herself. He did it to save the kid's mom. She'd be able to blame him for her son's death instead of herself. I'm right, right? I'm totally right. That was significantly faster than I expected. Thank you. So, what did you think? That was pretty tricky, Grams. I'm impressed. It's a stupid crime, though. You should have just kept the kid where he was and called an ambulance. Even if it was clearly too late? Yeah, I mean, I'd definitely be facing criminal prosecution since it wasn't on purpose. Minor charges of negligence, maybe. And saving the mom's feelings is a stupid reason to go through all that. It was her fault, anyway. Was it just the lettuce? Huh? You wouldn't have figured it out if it hadn't been lettuce? If the uncle had served the kid something that wasn't a plant, you wouldn't have suspected anything? I don't know. Maybe... why? Was there anything else suspicious? You mean besides the murderous radishes? This isn't funny, Georgia! What? What's your problem? I need you to take this sport seriously. Look out! What is the matter? You almost got us killed! Uh, I'm sorry. Why don't you let me drive? No. Why not? I've got my license here with me, and you're clearly not having the best driving day. No. Okay. I was just trying to help. I just need a minute. On the side of the road. What's the matter, Grandma? (sighs) Call from Hattie. Hey, sweetheart. Hey, Grams. Did you pick up Georgia yet? Yes, she's here with me. Why? Did she get the present I left her? Present? I got a present? I'm not sure, honey. She has her headphones in right now. What was it? Well, I was helping run the National Honor Society book sale at lunch today, and I found this huge collection of female detective fiction. Georgia's been kind of mad at me, so I bought it for her and left it on her bed as a peace offering. I texted her to say I left her a surprise at home, but she hasn't responded, and I'm scared she's still mad at me. Oh, Hattie, what a sweet gift. I know she'll love it. So she hasn't said anything about it? I left it on her bed when I ran home to grab my volleyball bag. I figured she might want to read it while she's with you this weekend. I'm not sure if she saw it, but I'll certainly let her know, and 
Maybe we'll swing by the house later to pick it up. Thank you. And what are you up to this weekend? Well, Alan's having a birthday party tonight and he invited me. You know how long I've had a crush on him, Grams, and he invited me specifically. I still have to figure out what to get him as a present. But today in foods, we made chocolate chip cookies and I used this weird bougie recipe with almond flour and peanut flour and coconut flour because Alan's gluten free. So I'm gonna bring those to the party. I really hope he likes them. Were those the cookies on the counter? I'm so sorry, hun, but I ate one when I picked Georgia up. They look so yummy. Shit, I left them at home? I thought I put them in my car. Georgia didn't eat any, right? Of course not. Oh good, okay. I can't believe I did that. I was just in such a rush to get back for volleyball. It's all right, sweetie. Georgia's fine. Did they at least taste okay? They were delicious. Good. Gotta go. Coach is calling us back. Love you, honey. Love you. Grandma, what's going on? Your sister got you a present. Isn't that nice? That's not what I mean. Why didn't you just ask me if I'd seen the book? Why do you keep telling people I have my headphones in? I didn't want to put you on the spot. And why the hell did you eat one of Hattie's cookies? You know better than to touch anything she makes. I'm sure they were in neat little rows all wrapped in pink saran wrap or something. Oh, you know, I, I just couldn't she help. She would have definitely known if there was one missing. She would have known if there was one missing. Why did you tell me that story about the little boy? I just wanted- Don't play with me, Grandma! What was the point of that story? And why can't I remember anything? You eating a cookie, or picking me up? I barely remember getting home from school. Shit, it's getting really hot in here, I gotta roll down a window. Why can't I move? Why can't I move? <laughs> I'm so, so sorry, Georgia. For what? Oh shit. Oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. Am I? No, 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 it can't possibly be. Am I? Dead? Yes. Holy shit. Holy shit. I, I need a second. Fuck, I still can't roll on the window. How did I not realize that I can't move? I'll do it. Okay, okay, I'm dead. I'm dead. A lifetime of carrying my fucking EpiPen everywhere and it doesn't even save me. I did use it, right? Yes, I, I don't know why it wasn't enough. Where was my phone? On the charger upstairs. Fuck. Fuck. Georgia. I'm dead, I get to swear now. No, that's not- I didn't mean- <gasps> It's okay. It's okay. It's not okay! I'm dead! This is the definition of not okay! What is even happening? Am I a ghost? A spirit? I don't know. What am I? 
I don't know. I just started hearing your voice. I assumed I was cracking up. I can't believe I'm dead. I can't believe Hattie killed me. She didn't mean it. If she wasn't so enamored with her stupid gluten-free boyfriend... It was a mistake. Why are you taking the fall for her? Are you really okay with my whole family hating you for the rest of your life? The rest of my life isn't as long as Hattie's. Stop it! You're what, 65? You have decades left. You want to spend your golden years with everyone you love blaming you for killing me? I'll know the truth. This is some self-sacrificial bullshit. You don't have to martyr yourself for Hattie. It was my fault just as much as hers. What? How? I was late to pick you up. So? If I wasn't late, if I hadn't had to finish the chapter of my stupid book, maybe I would have gotten there on time. Maybe I could have saved you. That's still not the same as leaving out cookies with fucking peanut flour. You, your parents got rid of the house phone. If that were still there, maybe you would have been able to call 911. What are you saying? None of us are innocent, Georgia. And unless I take all of the blame, each one of us is going to twist ourselves into impossible knots of guilt and shame for the rest of our lives. It'll ruin us. Okay. But why did I even eat Hattie's cookies anyways? It's not like I normally eat random baked goods without knowing exactly what's inside. Have you not figured that out yet? It was her text. She told you she had a peace offering. She meant the book. But I thought she meant the cookies. Yes. Oh. Alright, yeah. Yeah, she really would never forgive herself. So what do we do now? You want to help? I guess. What else have I been training my whole life for? Oh. Oh, Grandma, I'm never going to become a detective. Georgia. No. No. It's okay. This is my chance. If my last mission on Earth is to save Hattie from a lifetime of guilt, then let's do it. You don't have to. We have to move. The longer we sit on the side of the road, the more suspicious we become. If this is going to work, we can't waste any more time. Get back on the road. Okay, catch me up to speed. What did you do at the house? When you weren't answering your phone, I pulled into the garage and came in through the side door. I... I found you. We'll skip over that part. I, I ate the rest of the cookie you didn't finish and carefully rewrapped the plate, which, you were right, was beautifully arranged. Of course. Then I carried your stuff and you out to the car and propped you up so it looked like you were asleep. Okay. Okay, good. Were any of the neighbors out when you got to my house? No. 
And I closed the garage door before I brought you out. Good. So what's the plan now? We need to make it look like you ate something at my house with peanuts. Do you have anything at the house with peanuts? Of course not, for this exact reason! Right. Well, I guess we'll have to stop and grab something. Something that doesn't seem like it would have peanuts in it. I'll drop you off first and then run to the store. Lord almighty, the gas tank is almost empty! It's okay. There's a gas station right here. We can just stop together. I meant to fill up the tank on my way over, but I was already late. It's okay. If I hadn't been late. It's not your fault, Grandma. Are you really doing this for Hattie? Or are you doing this because you blame yourself? I... I don't know. Alright, don't go anywhere. I couldn't if I tried. Oh, I, I didn't- Too soon. Go on, Grandma. Weather forecast. Oh, Partly cloudy skies becoming cloudy later with a chance of thunderstorms 90%. Low 56 degrees. Winds Great. southeast at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Next up, is your lawn fertilizer secretly killing you? Stay tuned. Good evening. Hey, hello. Let me know if you need help finding anything. Thank you. Soft, not plant-based, not obviously containing peanuts. Perfect. Okay, is, is that all I need? I think so. <laughs> Pull yourself together, woman. You're not done yet. <laughs> All right, let's get this over with. Is that all for you, ma'am? Yes, thank you. Four seventy-seven. Um, so sorry, but I have to tell you that you're not supposed to leave your car unattended when it's filling up. Oh. I wouldn't normally say anything, but our manager has been all up on us to watch out for it. Apparently the auto shutoff didn't work for someone like a month ago, and gallons of gas got spilled on the ground while they were in the bathroom. It's crazy how fast things can happen, huh? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, thanks for the warning, but actually my granddaughter is in the car and she's keeping an eye on it. Oh, good. Although it looks from here like she fell asleep. Poor girl's had a rough day. High school, am I right? You're telling me. Only a few months left. Congratulations. Receipt? Please? 
Have a nice day. Thanks. You too. Everything go okay? Yeah. What'd you get? Aw, oh, pudding mix. I'm going to be killed by my own comfort food. I grabbed a few chocolate and one chocolate peanut butter. They were right next to each other, so I can say this box was misshelved. And if anyone tracks the purchase and wonders why I had to buy pudding on the way home, I can say it was to cheer you up. For my fight with Hattie. Smart. But why wouldn't you look at the ingredients list? You always look at the ingredients list before you give me anything. Maybe because I'm old and senile. I forgot. No one's going to believe that. The police certainly will. Not after you just had that conversation with Hattie. And mom and dad? Honey, your mother grew up watching both my parents slowly forget who she was. She's been watching for signs of dementia in me since she was 12. She'll believe it. But Hattie and my dad? I'll just have to convince them. Oh, your phone. My phone. It'll be super suspicious if I haven't responded to anything recently. Plus, if I send messages closer to the time of you calling 911, it'll seem even more believable. Who's messaged me in the last hour? I'm so sorry. I need your fingerprint to unlock. This is very weird, Grandma. Hush. So who's messaged me? Kids with your apps. How many different ways do you need to send messages to each other? They all have different functions. Uh-huh. Okay. You have the message from Hattie about the peace offering, and then a few messages from Kate. Respond to Hattie. Um, I didn't see it when I was home, but Grandma Jay told me what you got me. That's the coolest, and you're the coolest. Can't wait to read it. Love you. No comma there. Come on, you know my text style. You gotta match it. Sorry for being proper. Grammar and language is made up, and people who are all anal about it are usually just enforcing some kind of colonial, patriarchal nonsense. <laughs> they really are teaching you stuff in high school, huh? What'd Kate say? They said, Hey, the gang is talking about seeing a movie tomorrow. Wanna come? And then, never mind, they all just backed out. And then, actually, I just really wanted to ask you anyway. Want to see a movie with me? And then a little while later, OMG, did I ruin things? I'm so sorry. If you don't want to go, please just pretend like this never happened. Are you okay? Yeah. Yeah. Tell them I'd love to. A period. And then a smiley face. Just a colon and parenthesis. Not an emoji. Not a winky face, Grandma. Sorry, sorry. 
that's it. Okay, let's get out of this gas station. We've been here too long already. Don't worry. I checked the camera placement, and we're barely visible here. <laughs> You're a little too good at this, Grandma. Now we just have to make it home. Then what? I'll make the pudding on the stove and serve it to you so you wouldn't have had a chance to read the label. What about my EpiPen? I brought it with us. I'll drop it on the ground next to you like you used it, then call 911. Okay, good. Are we missing anything? I don't think so. Can you think of anything else? No. If we do this right, no one will suspect a thing. And they can all blame you. And they can all blame me. I'm so sorry, Grandma. I can handle it. And you're, you're really sure about all this? I'm sure. I'm really going to miss you, Georgia. I know. Hey, let's listen to the end of Old People Radio Time. Anything for you? Our weary reporter turned detective knew there was only one thing left to do. If he could just hold strong and keep his wits about him, he might just be able to do it. He might just be able to save everyone. Thank you for listening to Things Needing Explanation here on the Half Hour Audio Hour. Next up is a brief interview we conducted with Julia Fisher after the recording of this show. So, Julia, the first thing that I want to do is I want to say thank you so much, not only for doing this interview, but also for allowing EFCT to be part of your show, Things Needing Explanation. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's been such a joy to work with all of you. Wonderful. So my first question is, how did you get into writing? What a great question. I truly can't remember a time that I've not been writing. Some of my first memories are of like writing and directing and performing in plays with my sister and our friends when we were like six, seven years old. It was high school when I started to realize that like playwriting was actually a thing that I could like do. So a lot of things clicked for me then. I was a creative writing major in college, but we didn't have a strong playwriting program. There was only one class. So I just mm. kind of dabbled in it then. And it's been in the last like five years or so that I've really started playwriting professionally and like getting my work produced and stuff. So that's been a really fun journey. Oh, that's, that's awesome. It, it's, it's a very common thread that I've, I've noticed with, with writers, every time I ask them that, it's almost always, I can't remember not writing. Writing seems mm-hmm. to be one forever, of those things that, 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 that hits, that grabs you young and you just never stop. That's, that's awesome. So yeah, what and it's it, so accessible too. Like you just need mm-hmm. paper and a pencil and 
Yeah. Yeah. A brain. And that's it. <laughs> that's, that's, that's excellent. So what inspired things needing explanation? Yeah. So I was actually commissioned to write this piece from two theater companies here in Cleveland, Radio on the Lake Theater and Playwrights Local. And it was a, an open commission. So they were interested in kind of whatever I wanted to, to write about. And I've always loved detective fiction. It's just mm-hmm. always been one of my favorite genres. And I had recently done some adaptations of detective stories for for radio plays. And it's just mm-hmm. such a great genre for mystery. And I, I wanted to see if I could do it myself. Like I, I was, I've never tried to do detective fiction before, but I was like, maybe this is the time. <laughs> yeah. So that was kind of the, like the reason I started the project mm-hmm. I'd had for a couple years, this like image of like a play that was just two people in a car. And like, I didn't know anything else, but I was like, that just feels interesting to me for some reason, like a whole story of two people in a car. And then I was like, maybe that could be related to this. Maybe that can be a detective piece somehow. Mm -hmm. Um, And the idea just kind of came to me on a walk and then, you know, just lots of work hammering out all the details and kind of mapping out what the mystery was going to be. That's incredible. That's so much fun. So now you you say that you had done adaptations of detectives uh, stories for radio. So you you have mm-hmm. written for audio prior to this, then. Yes. Yeah. So so what is it that you enjoy about writing for this medium? Yeah. It's just so fun. I've always really enjoyed the genre. I remember like listening to old radio plays, like old timey radio mysteries in the car with my dad sometimes. Mm-hmm. And they just always were so fun to me. And I'd always been interested in in writing it. I had like toyed around with some ideas for a while, but really it was the pandemic that made me actually start writing them because all of a sudden theaters were like, well, this is all we can do. Right. <laughs> so, so that's when I was like, okay, love, I guess, I guess I'm going to try it now. Yeah. And I just really enjoy, like I, I listen to a lot of audio dramas and I like that it's like theater that you can experience in your car doing chores. There's a lot of imaginative spirit to it there's a lot of like collaboration with the audience because they're really mm-hmm. creating the whole world in their in their head and i think that's really fun yeah absolutely absolutely and and <laughs> yeah the, the the pandemic did a lot for audio drama in this country <laughs> a, yes it really a, did all of a sudden it's like everybody was and we were one of them too we all of a sudden we just kind of went okay mm-hmm. so I don't ever want to do a play on Zoom, so let's let's oh, yeah. do this. Inst- let's do this instead. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. I but I, I I think I think that what you're saying about how you can you can have it allows you to have theater wherever you happen to be. You don't have to go somewhere in order to mm-hmm. experience theater and entertainment. And I think that that's a wonderful thing about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's really naturally accessible to a lot of different kinds of people. 
Yeah. So do you have any upcoming projects that you'd like to, to promote? Sure. I guess, well, the first one is not necessarily upcoming, but the two other detective fiction-y radio plays that I've written are still available to listen to. They are adaptations of Lady Molly of Scotland Yard, which is a series of detective fiction stories from 1910. Uh, and I adapted two of them for the radio, and they are available on YouTube or SoundCloud through Ohio oh. Shakespeare Festival. So you can just Google those and find them. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That is, that's great. Yeah, those are really, really fun. And then the project I'm working on now, um, I'm finishing drafts of uh, a play I'm writing called Hyde, which is a modern day feminist Jekyll and Hyde full length piece. So hopefully we'll be seeing some some developments and productions of that sometime soon. Oh, that sounds like fun. That sounds I like think a, so. <laughs> that sounds that sounds like a lot of fun. Excellent. So this is of course the most important question of the entire Yes, I'm ready. Yes. <laughs> the the entire interview. <laughs> and I'm and I'm actually very curious to to know the answer to this. So who is your favorite detective? Yes. So I had to sit with this question for a while. I want to first give two honorable mentions. Okay. My first honorable mention is Nancy Drew for being my my first detective. I read her when I was probably too young to be reading Nancy Drew. <laughs> and I remember <laughs> coming up to my mom when I was like so small and being like, Mom, what's a bomb? And she was like, let's maybe not have you read those books anymore. <laughs> but I love Nancy Drew. Second honorable mention is Sherlock Holmes. Mm -hmm. It's, you know. He's the big one. He's wonderful. It's, it's I love Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. It's Sherlock Holmes. He's incredible. I love like almost every adaptation. It's just such a fun character. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think my absolute favorite is going to go to Cassie Maddox. And so this is a character in my favorite series of detective fiction books. They're called the Dublin Murders series and they're by Tana French. Every book features like a different detective from this like squad of detectives. Oh. And they're just the greatest detective fiction books I have ever read. And I have read quite a few. And book two, which is The Likeness, is my favorite. And the detective of that book is Cassie. And I just think she's wonderful. So she gets my, my top honors. Excellent. Well, see, this is great. Now I have, now I've got a, a, a new series of, of detective books to go and mm -hmm. check out because I'm always, yeah, they're great. That's, that is, that's wonderful. See, I was very happy when I, I read this script because my favorite detective growing up as a, as a child mm -hmm. was Hercule Poirot. He was, he <gasps> was, he, he was my favorite. Just him walking around talking about his little gray cells was just, and, and I was, and I was reading, I was reading that at an age I was far too young to be reading Hercule Poirot as well. Sure, yes. So, <laughs> Agatha Christie's just the best. Oh, it's just, it's amazing. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, when when I saw that, I was like, yay! <laughs> but and I'll tell you a secret for the listeners too. Sure. Every character in the play is named for a real life female detective, a female detective fiction author, or like a, like a. Hang on, let me start this over. <laughs> Every character is named after either a real-life female detective, a fictional female detective, or a female author of detective fiction. So you can do some Googling and see if you can figure those out. Oh, that is so cool. I had had fun. I realized that it's not something most people would ever pick up on, but it was a fun Easter egg for myself. This No, that's exactly the kind of thing that that I love in – in 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 fiction when people do that that is so Mm -hmm. that is so cool i see now it's i'm i'm gonna be i'm gonna be sitting here googling for the next hour (laughs) this is awesome Uh i yay and i and i do love the fact that you're not telling anybody who they are it's like okay now go forth figure it out yourself you gotta be your own detective yeah Be, be your own detective there you go that's awesome. Well, Julia, yeah. I have to I have to say this has been absolutely delightful and thank you again so much for allowing EFCT to be part of bringing things needing explanation to our half hour audio hour audience. It's been really wonderful and and on behalf of everybody here, thank you so very much. Thank you so much. This has been such a wonderful process. I'm so excited to hear the final piece. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed Things Needing Explanation. Next month, we will be presenting the YouTube comments section of The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, written by Ryan Stevens. And don't forget to head over to eclectic-theater.com to find out about Crashbox, an international festival of new short live audio plays, performed live with live foley and music November 16th through the 19th, as well as all our other shows and projects. On behalf of myself and everyone here at EFCT, thanks for listening.